Today I'm talking with Emma Sutcliffe, Project Manager of Australian company EV FireSafe. EV FireSafe enhances safety for emergency responders intending electric vehicle fires through an online hub that provides EV sector data, global case studies, best practice information, and ongoing knowledge sharing. Emma leads EV FireSafe's strategic direction. Her experience as an electrical vehicle charging infrastructure professional and volunteer firefighter inspired this project. Hello, Emma. Morning. How are you going? Hey, good, good to meet you. Well, should I, should I say Kira? Kira, yes, yes. <laughs> um, I guess maybe because um, it's like going through maybe just to start off, maybe just explain maybe what an uh, EV fire is. Would that be a sure? Yeah. So uh, the the core of our research has been um, uh, passenger electric vehicle battery fires. Yeah. So things like uh, we, we only look at things that connect to charging. So uh, cars like you know Tesla's Nissan Leaf that are a pure electric vehicle, and then others like a Mitsubishi Outlander that's a plug-in hybrid electric vehicle. Um, we don't. We didn't originally. We, we don't cover things like Camrys and Prius, which you know we we kind of fall in that category of mild hybrid. Yeah. So. An electric vehicle fire is actually two things. We can have an electric vehicle on fire and it's just your plastics and, you know, the cabin of the car actually on fire, or we can have an electric vehicle battery fire. So we've got this massive kind of, you know, quite big lithium-ion battery that that provides, it's like the fuel tank of an electric vehicle. Um, and uh, if that catches fire, goes into a process that we call thermal runaway, uh, that's what can take a long time for firefighters to to manage. Oh, okay. Um, and what <clears throat> maybe expect, what does thermal runaway mm. mean? So inside, um, <clears throat> excuse me, inside a, an electric vehicle battery, you've got uh, multiple lithium-ion battery cells. So um, I don't know if you can see that, but that's that's one there. So that's a, oh, yeah. a lithium-ion battery cell there. That's what we call an 18650. So a Tesla Model S might have about 8,000 of these in, in the battery pack. Uh, so thermal runaway is a essentially a battery fire. Uh, it lead, leads to battery fire. Um, so if you imagine that you're driving down the road in a tesimal less, we've got 8,000 of these cells and you're involved in a collision, one of the cells during the collision gets impacted, so it gets crushed in that collision. And what happens then is it uh, short circuits and it heats up, starts to heat up, uh, and it can heat up. <clears throat> excuse me, croaky this morning. It can heat up um, very rapidly. So. As that heat builds and the pressure builds inside that cell, eventually what will happen, it'll, it'll uh, burst open, it will kind of explode open the, the cell. So typically that happens through the top here, through the little, there's actually a little safety valve there for, for exactly that reason. So <clears throat> the cell bursts open and when it does, we see a release of, of toxic and flammable gases. Uh, so... Uh, of course, some of the sometimes we can have an electric vehicle that just kind of off gases. The gases are released, but we don't see fire. Uh, but of course, we were only looking at the ones that that actually caught fire. So, uh, what can happen then is those gases catch fire, and um, or in some cases where the gases kind of build up in an enclosed space, they can actually explode. But that's that's very very rare. So, um, <clears throat> so we've got one cell that's done that, but it's heated up very rapidly. And that heat's got to dissipate somewhere. 
So the first cell bursts and the gas is released and it catches fire. Then the next cell next to that, that first one starts to heat up as well. And then that goes. And then the next one next to that heats up and that goes. So we get this kind of domino effect. So thermal runaway is, is, uh, is, you know, battery fire essentially, but uh, it's um, it's not really a fire anymore that we're dealing with. It's not like the the normal fires we're used to dealing with. Uh, it's it's an unstable um, exothermic or heat generating kind of chemical reaction. So it's um as, as the the global firefighting and emergency response community, uh, we kind of need to learn almost a kind of fire information from from scratch uh, when we start talking about lithium-ion battery fires because it's a, just a different um, kind of process that we're not yeah. we're not quite across yet yeah I guess that's a big change for the firefighting <clears throat> yeah how, how to how things are run I guess yeah it just uh, there, there are a lot of similarities but uh, you know quite a few differences like thermal runaway um and uh, yeah we just need to get our heads around them and and uh, get some training and, and awareness uh oh yeah uh, around you sort yeah. of um so the media sort of publishes a lot of stories about you know the tesla mm-hmm. on fire kind of story but um what's the actual percentage of that actually happening in the look it's incredibly rare so uh we the as i said before what we do is we research real world incidents so we look for electric vehicle battery fires, so passenger electric vehicle battery fires. Uh, and uh, the first thing we try to do is verify that that battery was involved in fire. It wasn't just plastics burning. Um, and then we put that on our database. So currently, globally, uh, there are, I believe, getting on for about 25 million electric vehicles on the road. And we've been able to verify since 2010 globally, we've been able to verify just under 400 passenger electric vehicle battery fires. Now, our data won't have captured everything because, you know, that's it's quite uh, a, yeah, a wide scope. Um, but uh, these things and passenger cars, are, uh, passenger, passenger electric vehicles are not catching fire all the time. Uh, it's still a very rare occurrence. However, as I say to firefighters, uh, if you watch one on Facebook or any social media platform, the algorithm is going to go, oh, that person's interested in electric vehicle battery fires, let's show them 10 more. And suddenly we get this kind of, um, <clears throat> excuse me, this kind of impression that these things are incredibly rare. The other thing that we're starting to see, particularly in the last few months, is that uh uh, you've got a number of people making YouTube or TikTok videos, and because it's a bit of a hot topic, pardon the pardon the dad <laughs> the dad joke there, uh, uh, people are making videos and sharing them online, and they're kind of going a bit viral, and people are making money from scaring everybody else into thinking that these things are going to catch fire all the time. But we we don't have a an accurate comparison from between electric vehicle battery fires and internal combustion engine vehicle fires there's just the data is not quite when it's not able to be compared yet but um uh, look that these things are, are very very rare far less likely to catch fire than your internal combustion engine vehicle oh yeah so it's less chance relatively less chance mm. than the say the petrol and diesel <clears throat> oh far less chance yeah yeah you're far yeah. safer with with an electric vehicle from a, a fire perspective um than you are with your, your petrol or diesel car definitely yeah, we had that earlier in the year, just sort of down the road, and it was 
I think the first was EV5, but then it was the uh, it was the petrol car next to it. Its brakes had caught on fire, and then the, the fire had spread uh, in the garage. And spread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that happens lit. quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. Mm. There was um, a similar thing in Sydney last year. A, a Tesla Powerwall, uh, sorry, home burnt down. Oh, it had some pretty significant fire damage, and someone saw a, a Tesla in the driveway, and then a Tesla Powerwall, and went. This house, these things, these things of you know, this, this lithium-ion battery has burnt this house down and killed their cat. And actually, it was nothing to do with either product. It was just they happened to be, you know, <laughs> in that house. And you, you guys had a a, a Tesla fire in Auckland uh, a month or so ago now, maybe a couple of months ago, on top of a bridge, and that that was obviously kind of uh, um, uh, widely reported. But actually, it was caused uh, by the driver um, actually having a collision uh, with a with a, we believe a concrete roadside barrier, <clears throat> and then after the collision, actually speeding up to one hundred and fifty one hundred and fifteen kilometers an hour before she stopped, and so of course you, the, the the collision initially had popped tires and that kind of thing, so she's driving at speed on rims, and of course you're going to have a fire. And I don't know the full circumstances of that, but we're very quick to blame the batteries when actually there are usually some some other circumstances surrounding these incidents, which yeah. is the bit that we do. We, we drill down into yeah. it to verify it. I was the same. It was, I was driving past in the traffic jam and it's an awkward, there's a Tesla on the side of the road. I'm like, it's a Tesla, it's a Tesla. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, it's, it's the go-to, isn't it, for the... It is, yeah, it is. It's oh, and it goes to it goes to show how rare these things are. That if we see them, even as EV enthusiasts, we're kind of like, oh, yeah, what's that? But uh, but uh, look, the battery EV battery fires, as I say, are are very rare in road registered electric vehicles because anything road registered is is incredibly sophisticated technology and very very safe. But yeah. we do, uh, we are seeing an emerging problem, an emerged problem, I guess, uh, in the light electric vehicle space, so e-bikes, e-scooters, e-skateboards, that kind oh, of thing. Yeah. So they're, because they're smaller and uh, more of a fast-moving consumer product, uh, the battery cell quality is typically very poor and the battery management system is very poor. Uh, we were with the, the London Fire Brigade recently, a few weeks ago, uh, and talking to the New York Fire Department as well. And so those two cities are seeing um, an electric bike or an electric scooter uh, catch fire and cause property damage, property loss. We've just had another four fatalities uh, pretty much every day now. So uh, I think the other the other thing that we see when uh, people talk about EVs catch fire all the time is they're thinking about these uh, e-bikes, e-scooters, which are a, uh, a poor quality battery cell. Oh, yeah, yeah. Why is it? Why do they catch fire then? Is it just the quality of the the cell? Is it? Is yeah, it with with e-bikes and e-scooters, you've got kind of got three factors. You've uh, the the reason there's such a kind of um, uh, you know, high injury and, and fatality and property loss rate, uh, there are three factors. You've got 40 million of these light electric vehicles coming to market this year because they're so popular. And, you know, it's a good thing. We need to decarbonise our personal transport, but <clears throat> obviously we need to do that very safely. Um, so e-bikes, e-scooters, um, they're rushing, people are rushing to market and using, as I said, very cheap quality 
uh, equipment to do that, so cheap quality battery cells, uh, battery management systems that aren't uh, able to monitor or stop charging the, 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 the battery pack, you know, at the right time, those kinds of things. Then because they're a smaller pack and, you know, not as well protected as you would have in an electric vehicle, uh, they take a lot of punishment in daily use. So if you imagine an e-scooter being kind of kicked up and down curbs, that kind of thing, you, it's literally where it, where you're riding it, the, that's where the battery pack sits is where you're standing on the e-scooter. Um, so they take a lot of, of wear and tear. And we know that impacts on lithium-ion batteries can increase our risk of fire. But then what happens is people take them into their homes and they charge them up in their bedroom or their lounge room. We see people charge them up at the the, the front door of their apartment so they can't escape if, if it catches fire. Mm. Um, so there's, um, yeah, we, we're seeing, I mean, the four deaths in New York this week were due to uh, were people living in an apartment building above an e-bike repair store. So they had nothing to do with the, the actual e-bikes or e-scooters they they just live there above the store and were unable to escape. So it's um uh, we can't we can't compare e-bikes e scooters with electric cars. They're very very different electric vehicles. Electric road registered electric cars and, and other vehicles are incredibly sophisticated, incredibly high quality. And then we've got our light electric vehicles, uh, e-bikes, e-scooters, e-skateboards. Not all of them are poor quality. We've got some great products out there, but we're seeing this rush to market with with cheaper, um, cheaper uh, light electric vehicles that are, are causing um, causing most of the issues. Mm. What are mm. the challenges for um, emergency responders to to deal with for electrical or EV yeah. fires? <clears throat> we we do have a lot of challenges. So. Uh, the, I guess that the first challenge is it's such a new space and the technology yeah. moves so quickly that, um, you know, a lot of, and research and, and, and data is difficult to, to gather. Um, so for projects like ours, you know, it, it's taken, we've really been doing this since 2018 and it's been quite difficult to, to verify incidents and, and get the information that we need. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, so, the 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 testing that occurs you know when we actually because what we what we want to do is burn electric vehicles and see what works and what doesn't you know how do we actually put these things out should we put them out should we let them burn out you know all of those questions but to get a testing program going you you're talking typically talking many millions of dollars and a lot of um time to prepare for that so by the time you've kind of done a you know two or three year testing program, sometimes the technology's already moved on. So we're we're now kind of well, you know, how much of that is still relevant, kind of thing. So we do have um, uh, kind of challenges from that perspective. What does the data actually tell us? Where are our you know where do we need to focus our attention? What can and then once we know that, how do we test that? And then of course the um, uh, all of that information then. Uh, would typically inform what firefighters or emergency responders would do if they have an incident involving an electric vehicle. So, no, we we have what we call standard operating procedures. So uh, that's a kind of a list of steps that firefighters use at different incidents to tell us, you know, how to do things. 
Um, but no fire agency in the world actually has a, a standard operating procedure um, uh, for electric vehicle battery fires yet. So that's a kind of a global conversation happening at the moment. What do we actually do uh, if we have an electric vehicle in thermal runaway? So just for car owners, is, is there any sort of maintenance they should be doing just to... For any fears yeah, or? for for electric vehicle drivers, I mean, there's a there are a few things that you can do to reduce your risk. I mean, your risk is very low of a of a car fire, battery fire, um, but uh, there are other things we can do to um, you know reduce that even further. So things like uh, actually uh, buying an RCM tick charging unit, so a charging unit that has electrical compliance for Australia and New Zealand, installing it to ASNZ 3000, so that's the the wiring rule, so having a, a qualified electrician do that for you, um, and then uh, just checking the wear and tear on your, your charging equipment uh, as well is a really good idea. So if, if your cable is looking worn or, or the split, the, you know, the outer sheath is split, those kinds of things, make sure you get it replaced with something that's uh, approved by the, the charger manufacturer. But in terms of uh, car maintenance, I mean, follow the schedule that's set out by your uh, by the manufacturer. So I drive a Tesla Model 3, so you, you can put in a service request if you need to, but um, it, it, it just because it's an electric vehicle doesn't mean it doesn't need maintenance. You still There's still some maintenance issues that you, you need to be aware of. Um, <clears throat> so things like, um, you know, changing the brake pads and air filters and those kinds of things. But none of that that is going to... Um, really increase your risk of fire but of course it's you know it's overall it's good to keep an eye on things um the other thing i'd say for ev drivers is that um if you're involved in a collision or uh even if it's relatively minor uh but you think that that battery pack which sits underneath the vehicle if you think the battery pack has has been impacted or suffered some damage in any way then get it checked by the manufacturer don't just drive it home and charge it up or, you know, park it in your, park it in your garage. Get it checked out um, if you think there's any impact on that battery pack at all. Mm. Climate change is making flooding worse, so we're starting to see a number of flooding events around the world. Now, if an electric vehicle has been submerged in water for an extended period, that does increase the risk of battery fire. So if there's been flooding in your area and your car has been sat in water for you know we're talking days maybe weeks that kind of thing don't drive it don't charge it you need to get that um that checked out as well and to be honest at that point your insurance company is probably going to write the car off anyway um and then the other thing to note is if your car is under recall so we've seen recalls with hyundai kona uh due to to battery fault that could cause fire uh more recently jaguar land rover have recalled i-paces so if your vehicle is subject to recall you do need to get it back to the, the the dealership or the manufacturer, and uh, you know whatever fix they're going to do, replace the battery, change the software, that kind of thing. Make sure that that's done. Um, if we if we kind of if EV if every EV driver knew those three things, we'd probably cut the number of incidents on our database down by about half as well. So uh, it's just a, a public awareness and education kind of uh, bit that's uh, kind of missing at the moment. Mm. Just in your role, what do you spend most of your time doing or talking to? Or... 
Uh, just being a bit of a nerd on it all, really. But uh, <laughs> we look, the team and I, we've got a, a, a really great team and um, uh, we spend a lot of time, you know, looking at incidents and trying to verify whether the battery was involved or not, um, uh, trying to learn from those incidents, so how many firefighters were needed, how many litres of water, um, how long did the fire take to put out, those kinds of things. So all of that information is then um, uh, put onto our website, and uh, it, which is freely available for anyone to go and have a look at. And then every quarter we release a bit of a report, a, a one-page report where we go, we know that the, mo- the, the majority of EV battery fires were caused by the car was involved in a collision, those kinds of things. So um, that's uh, the core of what we do. Uh, more and more lately, uh, we're working with a really good global group of people to try and uh, kind of get as much information as possible about suppression. How do we actually suppress a, an EV battery fire? What do we have to do? Can we let it burn out? Should we try to cool the battery? Those kinds of things. So, um, but then this week, as I say, I was uh, visiting Canberra uh, in the ACT to go look at their the Southern Hemisphere's very first electric fire truck, which was really cool. And um, we also went to look at some vehicles in a salvage yard, so electric vehicles that have been involved in collisions and have a look at the the collision patterns and what's kind of commonly being seen and, and how salvage yards could store electric vehicles a little safer. So we kind of do a, oh, yeah. a big range of things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and thought of that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, just on the batteries, where do you see the future of the battery technology going? Ah, uh, look, it's it's only going to improve. I mean, eventually, I think um, uh, someone will hit on the right battery chemistry that can't catch fire. We, we're not we're not there yet, but uh, I, I'm hopeful that eventually that's uh, that's a thing. Um, and something, of course, if it can be combined, if it can be fireproof and uh, give us longer range, then even better. Um, but there's, there's, look, I used to kind of track all the different chemistries and new inventions coming to market, but there are now so many that, to be honest, I've lost track. But um, occasionally people send me something around sodium and those kinds of things. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, to be honest, until we've got, you know, 25 million of a particular chemistry on the road and we don't have a fire, then, you know, our, our work on keeps keeps going, I guess. Yeah. It's still pretty early days on all that, isn't it, really? I guess. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. There's some really cool, I mean, there's some really cool tech out there, um, but uh, it's a case of, you know, making it fireproof, making it and making it cost-effective so it can, you know, we can start to see electric vehicles. You know, we're starting to see them drop in price a little bit, but, uh, if we've, you know, depending on the tech, we need to make sure that it's at a family-friendly kind of budget so yeah. everyone can access one. Do you think the future is electric? Because there's still a few people not so not so sure about it. Do you think it's? Yeah. I think those people have their head buried in the sand a bit. Yeah. I think uh, there's uh, there's absolutely no doubt. I mean, personally, I've been off grid now for uh, about eleven years and uh, drive a, a Tesla Model Three. It's my third electric vehicle, and um, uh, I, yeah, I just don't see why. Uh, and I'm, uh, yeah, I, we've, we've been, we have looked at a few hydrogen vehicles, but again, I, I, I just can't see it happening. Why on earth would I buy a, a hydrogen car to, to drive around in when I can, when I have to still go to some kind of refueling station and pay for that fuel when 
I'm at home with my electric vehicle and just plug it into a PowerPoint, you know. So I think, um, no, most definitely the future is electric and um, uh, pretty much every every car company except, a, you know, well, one that we won't mention starting with T mm. have, uh, yeah, have, have said we'll be, you won't be able to buy a petrol diesel car from us by you know, 2030, 2035, that kind of thing. So most definitely. Yeah, because like Europe's very proactive on that, isn't it? That sort of twenty thirty. Yeah. yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, we we yeah. were in Norway recently for some conferences, and and in Australia we play spot the electric vehicle. In Norway, you you play spot the petrol vehicle. You know, it's so so common there. It's yeah, it's a uh, it's a little glimpse into the future there. It was yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, they're like, they're like the leader, aren't they? The, I think uh, I think last year it was seventy percent or maybe eighty percent of their new sale new car sales were all electric. Yeah. So and they had the the neos there, which were good to have a look at. So they have a battery swap out system, and uh-huh. yeah, it was yeah could have could have spent another three months there, I reckon, and still not seeing everything. So, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Um. Any <laughs> sort of final thoughts? Potential EV owners should be aware or consider or. Think they should know that's like a key point. I, in terms of buying an electric vehicle, as I said, your fire risk is very, very low. Be aware that uh, uh, you should um, not drive it or charge it if you've been involved in a collision, if it's been submerged in flood water. I mean, driving through puddles fine, but if you, yeah. your vehicle's actually in water for an extended period, hours to days, don't drive it or charge it. Uh, and if it's been recalled. Don't drive it or charge it. Contact you in all cases. Contact um, the, the the manufacturer and ask them. You know what should you be doing about this? Um, but then I guess the other message is uh, not so much with your cars, but if you've got an e bike or an e scooter, e skateboard, if you're thinking of buying one for the kids, uh, buy the best you can afford because the the battery cell quality will be higher. And be very careful about its use. If it gets damaged, if the, the battery takes a big hit, uh, again, if they get submerged in water, if they get too wet, please don't take it in your home and charge it up because we're seeing fatalities, you know, regularly around the world at the moment from those that that light electric vehicle sector. So um, I think that's probably the the, the key message for, from us is uh, we're, you know, the the kind of property loss and damage and injury and fatality rate from the e-bikes, e-scooters is is becoming, is getting worse and worse globally. So we're really keen to kind of share that message of uh, buy the best uh, product you can afford um, uh, and, and be very careful with its use. If you can, charge it up and store it outside. Don't bring it into your home if you if you can avoid it. And, um, yeah, be, be, uh, be careful about how much impact it's taking. Mm. You haven't really seen it as much, that it covered as much. It's really good good points about that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Still still a bit of an emerging space itself as well. So, yeah. Yep. And mm. just if people want to find out more about your um, research, the website, what website? Is it, go to your website. It's probably the best Yeah. Way. Best way, um, evfiresafe.com. Uh, we also have a Facebook page or LinkedIn uh, where we're pretty active. So if depending on what, you know, people like to do, uh, they can jump on both of those. And if they've got questions, that's a good place to, to ask. Um, but otherwise the website, particularly for emergency responders, if you're an emergency responder, our website is designed uh, to make everything quite simple for 
for emergency responders, particularly firefighters. And of course, yeah. I'm also a firefighter and half our team are firefighters. So we, we're trying to make it as, as easy as possible, take these really kind of complex kind of ideas and, and, you know, you know, kind of their scientific terms and make them nice and easy for firefighters to understand. So the website's yeah. the best spot for that. Yeah, there's a lot of info there, but it all flows very well once we've all got that. Yeah, you know, good. Go to yeah, the that next was, step. Yeah, <laughs> that was the idea. <laughs> yeah. Just give everyone a, a bit of a chunk and then move to the next bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah, cool. Oh, that's good. Okay, yeah. then Emma, thanks for your time. Pleasure. That's great. Thank you very much for having me. No, no worries.